Good night, good morning, and everything else in between. Let's waste no time, let's get into this week's specials. It was announced recently that Airbnb was acquiring the Hotel Tonight app, and when asked for specifics on closing the deal, Hotel Tonight executives gave an inconvenient two-hour check-in window in the middle of the workday, and a note that read, not so funny when the shoe's not on the other foot, is it? Airbnb is hoping the move makes them a more comprehensive travel service, while Hotel Tonight is just hoping that Airbnb doesn't throw parties and have unreported house guests. The move appears to be a win-win for both sides, but passive-aggressive five-star renter views are expected. Speaking of Airbnb, the latest trend in the house-sharing game is renting Airbnbs as podcast studios. And for a cool thousand bucks, I'll also let you wear my clothes. But we can negotiate that offline. Neighbors who were surveyed about the trend said, well, it could be worse. They could be having loud sex. To which they followed up with, wait, what's a podcast? And upon hearing that a podcast is multiple millennials recording a conversation for an hour or more, they said, never mind, we'll take the sex. Which is also coincidentally Hotel Tonight's new slogan under Airbnb. Hotel Tonight, we'll take the sex. My name is Denny Gallagher, and you are listening to Later. Listening to the sometimes glamorous, always cantankerous, borderline magnanimous audio art of the new James Brown. Move over, Charlie Brown. There's a new kid in town. Whether it's five o'clock while you are or not, you better take your shot because a later Friday big show is coming in hot. Hello and welcome on into another edition of Later. I'm Denny Gallagher. We have a great show for you today. Right off the top, let's just set the table. We have Katie Wingy, Denver Nuggets television radio host, analyst. She does it all. Great conversation with her. It's the off season, so you know we're not talking basketball. But right off the top, I got to get into it. As I'm recording this, Dwight Howard just signed with the Los Angeles Lakers. That's right. Once upon a time in Hollywood, part two for Dwight Howard. Let's hope it goes better than the last time. According to Woj, the Dwight Howard deal will be a non-guarantee. Howard met with the Lakers officials. and They'd give him a chance to show him what progress he's made and how he conducts himself. So, Dwight Howard... Continues to get chance after chance. And there was a funny thread on Twitter this afternoon, on Friday afternoon, about how Dwight Howard has lost or claimed or leaked to the media that he's lost 20 pounds each of the last five off seasons. So we'll see how that goes. Anyway, that's the news right off the top. It's a mixed bag. If it works out for the Lakers, it'll be a big move. Anthony Davis has already come out and said that he doesn't want to play center for the Lakers, which, I mean, he doesn't want the wear and tear. But, you know, Anthony Davis, you're kind of a center. You kind of can't really get to pick what you're going to do here. But I guess when they've moved heaven and earth to get you, you kind of have a little bit of say. Not bad for a guy that right after they moved heaven and earth to get him is like, yeah, I could see myself playing in Chicago one day. But that's the nature of the business. The Lake Show will always go on. So yeah, a bit of a Friday news dump by the Lakers. Be interesting to see how that plays out. I'll just be excited to get basketball back in my life. This USA basketball has kind of been a nice little little treat, if you can even call it that. But it, you know, 
It's like, you know, we all want the real thing. Football is coming back. That could be interesting. Though, I mean, NFL, meh. College, I'm excited about. And if you guys can hear, I'm... After the debacle of the Summer Shandy incident a few weeks ago, I'm trying it again. So far, so good. What else? Oh, I got a question for you guys, and you can email the show at laterpodcast at gmail.com. Does anybody out there that's listening to this show ever have experience either working at a winery or know somebody that has bought a winery because... That seems like a very... So I was up in New York State, up by Poughkeepsie, at Millbrook Winery last week. And I gotta tell you, Now, as like a kid, yeah, you go on vacation to San Francisco, you go up to Napa, and you're like, eh. Like, just a bunch of cheese and I get grape juice. Cool, that sounds like a, a great vacation. How come nobody really tells you when you get to adulthood that wineries are kind of the spot? Now, my only critique of wineries, and Millbrook was fantastic. Make no mistake about it. If you're in New York State, got to go up there. Great experiences. It's beautiful. Loved it. It was so relaxing. So relaxing. And you never think as a kid when you're walking and growing up in rural New Jersey like I did. Now I live down by New York City. But growing up, it, it was in a very rural setting. You would never think that you would enjoy nature when you go back to it and when you... Jesus. That fly just flew up my nose. What the hell? Are you... Hold on, guys. We got to stop the podcast. How... This is insane. How How is there a fly in here? It just flew right up my nose. Sweet Jesus. What was I talking about? Every time I drink one of these damn summer shandies, well, it happened. Something always tries to disrupt the podcast. Ah, all right. Um, All right, moving on. That's my Friday. What's up with you guys? Thank you for finding us today. I know a high portion of you are probably out here listening to taylor swift so thank you for taking you know some time out of your day to listen to us just kidding the crossover there is probably like you you know how the joke on the internet is always the most ambitious crossover event since avengers endgame i guarantee there's probably zero crossover in the people that listen to this and the people that listen to taylor swift lover but hey if you are one of those actually that's not true i know one what's up betsy thanks for listening anyway What's up, guys? Welcome into later. I know I've said that three times, but I'm just happy. You know, it's 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 a Friday. It's it it's sunny. We got a, a few more summer weekends here. Getting ready for everything, and that means it is Instagram season for people. People are getting engaged. People are going to engagement parties. All that stuff. You know, typical twenties Instagram nonsense. But uh, I got a big bone to pick with this particular community today. You know, every year there are trends that people like to get on. And uh, a couple years ago was the wedding hashtag. That's become the norm. Uh, it was these gender reveal parties last last year. And this year, it seems to be donut boards. When, when did people start with these donut boards 
for baby showers, engagement parties, all of these kind of things. People are taking perfectly good donuts and they're putting them on a board like they're at, like they are a prize at a raffle. I don't understand this. Number one, donuts are a dessert for convenience. They're not a cake. They're not a cupcake. If I wanted to make eating a donut harder, I would not be eating a donut. Like a a donut is something that you buy in not one, not two, but six. And I, I know what you're saying. And like, well, you can get them one or two at a time, but that is not advisable. The box does not come so you could get six. Excuse me. The box does not come so you could get one. The box comes for a six, a dozen, and if you really want to get crazy, you do a White Castle size briefcase. So that's the first thing on my mind today, right off the bat. It's like donut boards are crazy. If I wanted to play a game, if I wanted to really play a game, I would pull out a board game or something on my phone. I do not need this raffle nonsense where it's like, it's like, it's like exactly here's what these donut boards are. And I don't know why this has me so riled up, but it really does. It is that game that you see at carnivals where you throw... It, it is ring toss, but for food. Nobody likes that game at the boardwalk because you never win. Why do I want my donuts consumed in a context that is meant for children to win stuffed animals? Anyway, we're overthinking everything. No need to reinvent the wheel. The box of Dunkin' Donuts 6 or a dozen, or however many you want, has worked for decades, and I get you want to class it up. Well, then get a nicer box. They have decorative boxes. They have all these things. Do we really need to take each individual? Oh, and we didn't even get to the gross part about this. So when you get the donuts, someone is putting them in the box already, and they're using gloves. Do you really think most of the time the person that is putting your donuts on this donut wall is using gloves? Let's think about cleanliness. Anyway, that's one thing today. Can't believe I just did five minutes about donut walls. But here we are. It's a Friday. Yo, yo and us have been driving me crazy, though. Like, for real. High schools that have full beards, okay? Like, like juveniles with full beards. And, like... There are 18-year-olds in this country who have gone full Bradley Cooper in A Star is Born. And your boy over here is 25 and he's still trying to connect the Transcontinental Railroad. Like, it's insane. Like, I don't wish hair loss on anybody, mainly because I believe in karma. But if you walk up to me and you're in high school with your gnarly-ass beard and hit me with a supro... I truly hope your hair walks back one day like Drake responding to a Pusha T diss track. Like, I really do. Anyway, that's bad energy. That's not Friday energy. That Friday feeling. I'm trying to encapsulate that on this podcast. And who better to bring that energy than Katie Wingy? That's right. We have star of radio, podcast, screen for the Denver Nuggets. She's an analyst. She's a host. She, she can hoop. She's the pride of Minnesota, but the darling of Denver. Katie Wingy is coming up next. On the line is a veteran reporter. Oh, oh veteran. Yeah, after one season, I guess you could call it a veteran. Yes, I am now a vet. 
reporter, analyst extraordinaire. Uh, you may know her on Twitter for uh, Wingy Wednesdays or The Wandering Wingy, whichever you prefer. It's Katie Wingy, everybody. What's up, Katie? Hey, thanks for having me on. So NBA offseason, not a lot going on. You uh, were in Vegas for Summer League. Uh, any tips for surviving Vegas for two weeks? I've been for 48 hours, and that was a little, that was enough for me. I was, I joke about it when I look back because I was there for, I believe, nine days total, 10 days total, one of the two. It all kind of blends together by the end of it, but uh, it's eight days too long if you're yeah. there for nine days. <laughs> really, one day in Vegas right. is enough. Um, so for me, can I hang on for just a second? My dog is actually barking no to come in the house. It's all good. <laughs> All Sorry. good. All good. We can talk about dogs anytime yeah. too. So where have you been to this off season, travel wise? Um, I actually haven't taken very many trips yeah. at all, but that's kind of the beauty of being in Colorado is I can drive an hour, two hours, and be in the mountains and feel like I'm uh, traveling somewhere yeah. or somewhere that's completely different and is quite a nice escape. So I've tried to do that, even if it's just been a couple day trips to the mountains. Um, I love hiking. I love being outside and in nature I've camped a couple times so that is just something that I will never take for granted living in Denver having the access to to the mountain lifestyle if you will um but like I said just got back from Minnesota um that's home for me and there's seriously very few places that are better than Minnesota in the summertime with the lakes and you go out on the boats and and fish and it's amazing it's very much so a cabin lifestyle and um bonfires hanging out with friends the weather's great we got super lucky with the weather when we were there so yeah just some some quality time with family back home in minnesota i'm actually going to harry potter world with my family in two weeks the one in la or orlando orlando yeah there you go um so my mom is turning 60 this year and she wanted to do a family trip and she picked harry potter world there we go so we're going to be there for a couple I'm, days. My mom celebrated 60 in Disney World. So I'm, I'm, I'm there you go. Right That's there perfect. Yeah. So <laughs> I edit a, a podcast for Rebecca Lobo and Steve Rush. And Steve is from Minnesota. Um, his, his, cool. his, his memoir that's coming out is actually all about being like a teenager in like the 80s in Minnesota, Milwaukee. Yeah. What is it about Minnesota? Because people, Minnesota, kind of like where I'm from with New Jersey, people love it. And then they leave, and that's all that, that that they talk about. So what is it about Minnesota that keeps people wanting more? Yeah. Um, Minnesota nice is a very real thing, <laughs> just to start. The people there are kind and sincere and so helpful in every aspect, I feel like. So we take a lot of pride in that, I think, in being Minnesota nice and treating people the right way or what we feel like is the right <laughs> way. and. Um, being nice to everybody. So that that for starters is huge. But I also think that there's a certain level of camaraderie that becomes developed when you grow up or live through Minnesota winters, and then mm. you celebrate Minnesota summers. So there's only like two or three months of the year that the weather is like ideal or perfect. And it's right now, honestly. So for the rest of the year, it's like you're all kind of trudging through it together, especially with the snowstorms and how cold it is. People still go out. It's not like the city shuts down or the state shuts down ever, honestly. Mm -hmm. We have the, probably the least amount of snow days in the country just because people are so tough and they're like, oh, no, we've had worse. It's fine. Like everybody just kind of bundles up and goes outside and you see people at the gas stations or, or driving about and 
it's pretty cold out today, huh? Yeah, yeah, really cold. And everybody talks to each other. And so I think that there just is a, there's a pride in being from Minnesota in that way. Plus, I mean, the, the sports teams there are really not great. The Lynx, the Minnesota Lynx are really right. the only franchise that have had some distinguished success. <laughs> so it's almost like you power through the pain there as well, being from Minnesota. And if you are a Minnesota sports fan, it's like, Hey, of course it happens to fill in the blank name of the sports team. So there are a lot of things that bring people from Minnesota together. Yeah, my uh, my first job in the business during college was in Milwaukee. So I that trudged through the winter. Thank God yeah. Milwaukee was a beer town. Otherwise, I don't know what else we would yeah. have done. Right, so, <laughs> so when it comes to Minnesota music, I'm like Minnesotans are probably it's the one thing that they take the most pride in. Are you a Prince fan, Dylan fan. Do you count Lizzo as a Minnesota artist? I think that you should because it's kind of the next <laughs> yeah, generation. I was actually just talking about that, yeah. The the replacements or the hold steady. So a number of bands. Yes. Who's your fave? Prince, yeah. without a doubt. Don't even have to hesitate. Prince is my guy. Uh, I, I grew up, my parents listened to Prince and Earth, Wind and & Fire and, and all of those kind of throwback bands. And so that... That type of funk is something that I love and it reminds me of home. And I actually grew up about 15 minutes away, 10 minutes away from Paisley Park, mm. which was like Prince's house's recording studio. That's actually the place where he was found dead. And so it just is like that now is a, a big tourism place and people go to reflect on what he gave to the music community and just what he gave to Minnesota. And um, yeah, I love it. My parents actually saw him at First Ave, which is like his mm -hmm. club in Minneapolis. Purple Rain was there. And, and so they're just our princess was such a cool guy from Minnesota. And I always joke and say that if you don't, if you're not a Prince fan and you're from Minnesota, you're not really from Minnesota. It's the exact same way with Springsteen in New Jersey. I'm from yeah. the Jersey Shore, not like these people that just vacation at the Jersey Shore. Like I'm yeah. sure that you get that. Like uh, my mom's house is like ten minutes from like the Stone Pony and like that whole 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 nonsense. So yeah. it's it's if, if if you're not Blair and Born to Run as you're going down the Parkway, it's like what are you even doing here in the yeah. summer anyway? Oh, <laughs> uh, so who? What is your summer playlist though? So I love country music in the okay. summertime. I'm a big fan. I, a seasonal country fan, I guess. Seasonal. Um, yeah, I love um, like windows down, blaring country music. I absolutely think that that speak, like screams summertime. Nice. Um, but I also love, I, Denver is huge on the EDM scene. Really? So um, yeah, Alenium oh, I mean, is actually that, from Denver. That makes Denver. a lot of sense. Yeah. That makes, <laughs> yeah. If you put two and two together, that actually, yeah. Uh, Red Rocks always has EDM artists and DJs that are playing there. Um, so Kygo, Elenium, Marshmallow, all those guys, any new stuff that gets put out, Mar Marvin Garrix, um, any of that stuff. So um, Elenium is actually from here, like I said, so it's always cool when he comes back to Colorado and plays uh, and his new album. I'm excited for that to drop here in the next month or so. I rode the elevator with Marshmallow one time, and the only reason I like no, it's like I, I have like a friend that like a coworker that's like a big fan, and they like, how would you recognize him without the head off? And and she was like, that's him, and I'm like, like oh, like cool. You never he know. He just looks yeah. like like a, like a random dude. So so yeah. Yeah, we were. I, I was talking to a couple people actually around a bonfire in Minnesota about <laughs> that, and just the genius marketing behind Marshmallow's success and how he was just you know. Uh, an average underground DJ, and he puts on that marshmallow head and just insanely blows up. Yeah. It's crazy. 
crazy. It's a lot like Shaq doing the whole thing. Yeah. Like we, had, we had him him on serious and, and he's like uh every time he performs uh a concert and, and he's spinning, he feels like it, it's a game seven. I'm like, do you though? Like this feels yeah. like beating the Jason Kidd Nets. I doubt it. <laughs> but if he says it, I yeah, mean right. he's he's gotta find new ways to get that adrenaline rush, you know? <laughs> so speaking of the NBA, um you've made the tour, the rounds this last season and your debut season. What are some of your favorite cities that surprised you? Portland. Mm-hmm. I'd never been to Portland before, and we played them in the playoffs, so I was there quite a bit. Um, and they, I just loved like being so close to um, the mountains in a lot of ways. I had a, I have a friend who lives there, and he actually took me to the coast, oh, nice. which was awesome. Him and his wife did, and so that was a really cool experience for me to see how close they are to the mountains and the ocean. Mm. And they just kind of have everything at their fingertips. And it's a really fun city to explore. The food scene is great there. They have awesome food trucks um, and some old, old restaurants that are fun to visit and go to. And just some, it reminds me a lot of Denver and it has a little bit of a hipster vibe to it. (laughs) And so there's some really cool cafes and places to just hang out and drink coffee and um, some cool, unique food stuff so i'm a big foodie i love trying new foods and new places and i always like the wandering wingy (laughs) stuff i always ask twitter like where should i go i don't want a mainstream place i want a place that's a secret hidden gem (laughs) uh so let me go check that out so i really liked portland a lot uh i had never been in new orleans before so that was a really fun city for me to explore and there's so much history there Um, and obviously it's a huge party scene. So that was fun to experience, but uh, I think it's like a one and done kind of thing. (laughs) You don't need to do that all the time. Um, where else was I surprised by? Um, for a lot of, for a lot of these cities with me, it was my first time visiting them. Mm. So I tried to get out and explore as much as I could. San Francisco, I had never been there before. It was really cool to, I walked along the pier and saw the seals and, Uh, ran along there that was awesome and I'm sure that I'll try and explore a little bit more too Um, especially since we'll be in San Francisco now instead of (laughs) we're staying there regardless but it'll be a little different experience this time around Uh, and I love Boston too that was Mm. my first time in Boston and I did the Freedom Trail and Mm. walked like eight miles that day or something ridiculous we had an off day there so that was really cool and I love history and I'm a huge like national treasure fan and (laughs) So it was cool to see all of those places and the East coast is just a really unique place Uh, going along there. We had a big road trip there that was like DC and Boston and uh, New York. So that was, that trip was really fun. Cool. And you brought up food. Uh, Do you have some uh, restaurant recommendation? All right, let's do the typical sports media thing. Your top 10 restaurants. How about that? If you can, Narrow it down to just ten, because I'm sure you I was gonna have say, them written down. A lot in Denver or everywhere. Just around. Ten is a lot, man. All right, five, five, top Let's five. Do, five. do you like the whole five. MC conversation? That was um, in Minneapolis. Um, Murray Steakhouse. It's high class. It's a classy <laughs> place. It's been there forever, but the environment. We like my family would go there for super special occasions uh, to celebrate something and. It's like velvet walls and super old school. It feels like a speakeasy kind of place, Mm. really dark um, leather booths and all that stuff. So if you're looking for it and they have amazing food, the steak is unreal. So I would highly recommend Murray's. 
in Minneapolis. In Denver, it's a lot more for me about the vibe. Gotcha. And um, I love, like, there's a place called Avanti in Denver. It's like a food and beverage vendor center. So you go and there are, like, food trucks within the building. And there's a rooftop bar and places to hang out. And so you can get any kind of food you want. They have pizza. They have burgers. They have um, empanadas, uh, poke bowls. Uh, all sorts of different stuff, sushi and all that. Uh, so that I love Avanti a lot. And it, it kind of satisfies everybody's craving. If you're in town, you can just bring a big group of people there and hang out. It's awesome. Hmm. Tacos, tequila, and whiskey in Denver is awesome too. Yeah. That's like a la carte tacos. Um, they have really cool like margarita specials, margarita drinks. Delicious. Amazing. I feel like I'm forgetting some super important ones here. <laughs> um, Any maybe you hit on the East Coast, the West Coast, you know, when you. Yeah. Because oh, I know you guys had for, like a stretch where you were was, in like California for like five yeah. years, right? Yeah. So I had one of the, I'm not going to remember the names of them, though. That's right. the thing. And yeah, I'd yeah. love to give them publicity. But there was a hole in the wall place. Our um, Nuggets 360 show, the producer and the videographer of that show is in incredibly talented at finding these hole in the wall restaurants. <laughs> and so I just can kind of like, yeah, let's go. Yeah. I just go along with him. He found an awesome place in new Orleans. I do not remember the name of it, but it was totally off bourbon street. Um, and it, I don't even know if it had a uh, name of outside of it. It had to have, but it was teeny tiny. <laughs> right. And they have like duck fat popcorn. Oh yeah. Um, and I like, I had some sort of fish there and it was, amazing it was so so good same guy found a place in vegas that we went to um and it was like a family style restaurant um it was in old downtown vegas right which is arguably the best part of vegas like if you, yes. if you have to spend a week you want to be in, in yeah, old yeah. vegas and not yeah oh for sure i ziplined over the top of it too so that was awesome um i can't think of what that one's called either but that one it was right off of downtown Vegas. I should like text you these later so you can like add them. Just so you know, these are the things that she's uh... talking about. Yeah. (laughs) Um, That was Vegas has an awesome food scene too. You just have to uh, be willing to spend a decent amount of money. Let's kind of rephrase the question. What is, what is uh, your favorite food towns that you've been to? If if, if you can't remember the names, the towns, let's rank them. Uh, I mean, New Orleans is great. Yeah. You get all of that Cajun and soul food. Uh, that anything on the East Coast with seafood, like Boston, like a, a nice clam chowder, mm. satisfy that craving is amazing. Just did a road trip up through New England and uh, Portland, Maine, underrated food town. Really? There's this place all called called Duck Fat as well that has like amazing fries. Uh, cool. Oh my God, there was this other place. Oh my God, it was. See now that I'm put on the spot, I can't. Yeah, see, it's this tough. Place. But uh, yeah. they had like it was lobster everything. It was crazy. Yeah, uh, I love seafood. Portland's a great food town. Uh, uh, Newport, Rhode Island. If you ever get there, you know Taylor Swift summer hang. Great oh, food yeah, town. Oh yeah, sure. Great food. Okay, town. okay, good to know. Definitely, we'll take note of that. I feel like either coast yeah. is great for food, uh, and maybe that's because I've never i I didn't grow up with that kind of food. Mm. Um, there's like stuff that I try and get in every, in almost every city, you know, yeah. like you're going to get the clam chowder on the East coast. Um, 
if you're in Milwaukee, you're going to get cheese curds. Right. Like that's just something that you're going to do. If you're in New Orleans, you're going to get Cajun food. Um, I always try and eat whatever the the delicacy is <laughs> right. in whatever city that we're in. You know whose mind you got to pick about restaurants because he's been in the NBA a long time. Joel Myers. Jack. No, I was no. Say Jack's. Oh no, well Jacks, yeah, but no. Joel Myers is a savant. Okay. Uh, really? The Pelicans play by oh, he. He hosts at, at Sirius, and every time it's like we go to break, he's like, let me tell you about Rut's Hut. And he just like goes Oh, my on. God. <laughs> I love that, though. I love yeah. that. I, I left out a very key part, too. Uh, Memphis Barbecue. Mm. That is legit. Um, Blue Star or Blue something is the place that we went to, and I ate like a full rack of ribs with room for more. <laughs> You could say um, it's the reason why Vancouver, uh, the NBA left Vancouver for Memphis is strictly for the food. But. Strictly for the food, yeah. Oh, I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Summertime, downtime, no basketball to watch. I mean, there's been the TV. Actually, there is basketball to watch. I can't slight the WNBA like that. It's been great. Yeah. It's been yeah. really good yep. this year. Um, and especially with injuries, too. Yeah. Like, no Sue Bird, no Brianna Stewart. I mean, there's still been teams that have been – and. I'm partial to the Aces. I was bummed I didn't get to work. I worked for them last summer, and I was bummed I didn't get to work for them this summer too. But uh, the Aces have kind of found their groove. Mm. I love watching them. And I love more than anything watching the personalities come out for these women and them finally getting a platform that they feel like, you know, is, is even remotely close to being equal to the NBA's platform in terms of their voice mattering and, and giving them more than just, a basketball player identity. Mm. Uh, what they say is is coming full circle, and with the I think with the U.S. women's national team and and the way that they made a mark, the way that they did, uh, and just kind of flowing seamlessly into the WNBA season, it's been so cool to to see that evolve and to see more people become interested in the WNBA and those players and those players as people, not just as basketball yeah. players. How do we raise your profile enough so, so that you're featured on Between Two Birds? <laughs> because we yeah. just got Rebecca on it. She's on the upcoming season that they play before the games. We got to raise your profile to get you on Between Two Birds. I don't know how. I, I mean, Sue that. Bird works for you guys out yeah. there in Denver. So. I know. She does. She does. I'll see what I can do. Yeah. I, I've. I don't. She doesn't work for us right now. I don't know if she'll be back after the WNBA season is over, but... Yeah, oh, I gotta reach out to Sue. See what she thinks. She was on our podcast, the uh, the Nuggets twenty four K podcast. We had her on when she first got the job, just to kind of explain uh, her thought process and what she would be doing for the front office. And she is so great. Mm. I just can't say enough good things about her. So grounded and humble, and is just a legend as a basketball player. And I think that she carries herself so well and recognizes her platform and the power that she has and just does all the right things with it. Getting her and Megan Rapino has been the big white whale for the Ball and Chin podcast, which is crazy because, I mean, like, Rebecca's known Sue, like, forever. So, yeah. like, that's been the big white whale. And, and I was like, all right, you got to ask her. Like, you've been on, Trying on her to do show. it, yeah. But yeah. Uh, especially, like, Megan now after the, the Women's World Cup. That was, that was an incredible scene to be at. I, I went with my brother to the Women's World Cup. An incredible environment. You were there? Yeah. Yeah. 
for I'm both so the, the semifinal and the final. Didn't realize in the moment that uh, the Alex Morgan tea celebration, like that happened like right in, in front of my face. Didn't realize that was yeah. going to be a viral thing. So that was kind of cool yeah. to finally get back on the Wi-Fi and see it happen in real time. But just one quick basketball question for you, though, because you yeah. brought up uh, USA basketball and the, the women last year. Since you were involved with the WNBA Last year, kind of compare because USA basketball is in a tricky spot right now. Kind of compare and contrast the number one, the participation, and, and and number two, how the you know the players have gone about uh, either accepting or declining the invitation. It's interesting because I feel like there is not as much desire necessarily to be a part of that team, and for a lot of the older guys. Once you've done it, it it feels like to them I've done it. Yeah, you know, there there really is because the NBA season has become so pushed out and long and and grueling. I can't say I really blame them. They they want right. family time, they want vacation time, they want time away from the sport, and they have every right to do that. They have every right to to want to step away and get healthy and preserve their bodies, but also preserve their minds. And how long and tough the, the NBA season has become. So I understand it, but it's disappointing. You know what I mean? Mm. Like it's like an all-star game for us. And we get to, to put, you know, the best faces forward, hypothetically speaking, I guess, and watch them play and represent our country. So you want it to be the best. Right. But I just don't think that that's the reality of it anymore. That's just not the way it's going to work. And I don't know. It would be really interesting to talk to some of these guys and hear if they care more about, you know, the World Cup or the Olympics or if it matters. Right. Uh, if maybe I want to play in the Olympics, maybe I'd rather play for the World Cup. And um, I know for the Nuggets, like Jamal Murray's playing for Team Canada. Nikola Jokic is playing for Team Serbia. And Juancho Hernan Gomez, I believe, is playing for Team Spain. So those guys are... They're choosing to play with their team, but Jokic didn't choose to play with Serbia last time around and took a lot of heat from that country because of it. And I just don't know if the United States holds the guys to that standard in the way that other countries do. And maybe it's because we have the NBA here and and we get to experience them all year long. Yeah. I'm a little worried about the Nuggets and the Bucks come playoff time next year because these guys are adding a month to their season. Like Uh that. I mean, yep. say what you want, but that's like the money making time. And I mean, for the Bucks, you've got uh, Middleton, Giannis, mm-hmm. Lopez. Yeah. I mean, that's the, those are two title contenders who are yeah. putting a month onto their season voluntarily. So I mean, I I get it, but at the mm-hmm. same time, I don't. You know. And let's take that one step further, right? Because a lot of the names that you just dropped are pretty young guys. And same with the Nuggets, like Jokic, Murray. Those guys are still pretty young. Who knows? You put a couple of those extra months together, and then we're talking about longevity of their careers. Mm-hmm. Are they going to want to keep playing when they're thirty? Uh, are they going to be able to keep playing when they're thirty, or is is just like you know, do what you can do now and then hang it up whenever that time comes? I don't know, but the longer that we make the season, and the longer the NBA again, they're talking about different options that they might have to shorten the season or extend time between games. Uh, but the reality is that's not going to change probably anytime soon. Uh, and for those guys, it's they want to do it. They they want to represent their country because it's not America. Mm. Like it's more appealing for them to be like, no, I want to represent Team Canada because there's not a lot of NBA players, 
you know, that are a part of that. Or I want to represent Team Serbia because there's only a couple of them. Uh, and this is my chance to go home and play for my nation. So you're right. It is. It's like, what? Are, what's it going to be like come June, July? These teams that are making big playoff pushes and who knows? Really, who knows? They, they might know better than we know. And we could be sitting here talking about and speculating nothing. Right. They know their bodies best. And they also have the best trainers and nutritionists and physical therapists and massage therapists and all of that staff in the world. And so. I think a lot of guys saw Paul George last last cycle and were like, oh, that guy tore his ACL hell playing for USA Basketball. It's like, I don't need to risk that. Especially no. within the next few years, guys being up for brand new contracts. I mean, business sense. And I think players now are a lot more aware of the business side of the league than they were five years ago. Without a doubt. And they want control of that. Mm. They want to put themselves in the best position to where they can be the ones making those decisions. Uh, you get hurt and you don't have control really anymore. You you lose a lot of uh, any leverage that you had or bargaining power. And that could, I mean, we're talking about millions and millions of dollars here, which is like such a foreign concept to people like you and I. <laughs> but to them, it's, it's, you know, their livelihood, it's their kids, it's their family, it's setting everybody up for a a wealthy life and something where they don't have to worry about that sort of thing so you're absolutely right injuries are huge and if they're not feeling a hundred percent at this point to them it's like why even risk it right you went from being a player northwestern grad school to covering the league a lot of these nba guys are you know they're they're retiring but they're already setting up their media companies how do you feel about that as someone that's that's in that spot because personally yeah, I'd love to link up with like a, like a Steph Curry and like help start their media company. But at the same time, like they're low key coming for everybody's job that has said a bad thing about them ever. Yeah, I've always been a firm believer in you know there's a spot for everybody if you're if you're doing it the right way and you're a good person and you work hard. But they're gonna have the edge if they want to be in media. They're gonna be in media, but that doesn't mean that they're gonna be super great at it. Uh, and to them, that's a very easy. It, it seems like a very easy transition, but not everybody's cut out to be a broadcaster going from the NBA to the broadcasting world. There are guys like a Richard Jefferson who were born to do that, like a Vince Carter, who absolutely, I'm sure, will go and be a part of some network the moment that he's done playing. But I, I just think that if there will be a space for other people as well, like mm. those opinions will still matter. They'll, they'll still need somebody to to tee up those guys. We, I mean, TNT is no longer running players only broadcasts. I think that that a says a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that says a lot about those guys, their opinions matter and we want to hear what they have to say. And they're the best at basketball, but getting them to that point, there's always going to be somebody needed for that. There's always going to need to be a play by play. There's always going to need to be a reporter and whether those guys are the best at doing those things, who knows? They could be trained to be that way for sure. But I still think there's a relatability with somebody who maybe didn't play in the NBA that mm. someone out there could be like, oh, they're kind of just like me. They're the ones teeing these people up. I feel very fortunate that I played at a really high, like I played Division One basketball. So I think that that helps me a lot. But you're right. I mean, there's definitely the opportunities are shrinking and becoming smaller and smaller because so many professional athletes are like, well, no, that's a, I, I want to keep talking about that sport and keep it in my life. I just like my body can't handle it anymore to keep playing. 
I'll be very interested to see where the industry goes in terms of that. How do you feel about Space Jam 2? I've only got a few more things for you. How do you feel about Space Jam 2? I love it. I'm excited for it. I wish that I had a way of being in it. Um, <laughs> like maybe it, maybe the next generation, that should be my goal. Like Space Jam 3, Three. Whoever, whether it be like Zion or somebody else, <laughs> that becomes uh, the new main guy after LeBron. Maybe that should be, you know, at that point, I would love to be at a level where I could be considered for Space Jam 3. Um, no, I'm like, the more the merrier, uh, especially with Space Jams. People are like, well, no, there can never be another Space Jam. I'm like, no way. Keep them coming. Love it. By the way, the NDA, so a friend of mine is a uh, production coordinator over there, and the NDAs are tight. I mean, really? they're normally tight for like like a Tarantino kind of film, but the NDAs yeah. on Space Jam Two, like you, I could, believe it. Like I believe it. Everybody's trying to get that scoop. So, uh, that bringing it back to you though, what is your dream job and your career goals? You're in a great position right now. Where does Katie Winji want to go from here outside of world domination? It's outside of world domination. Yeah, um, I do have my uh, Wu Tang name is the Mighty Destroyer. So, mm. um, yeah, that's what I'm also referred to on the on the on the radio show. If it worked for Childish Gambino, got the world tour, got all this stuff. Hey, it's right I there. The, yeah, the name seriously. generator. Um, <laughs> uh, it's funny that you asked me that question because when I uh, got the job that I did last season, uh, I became the first female analyst in Denver Nuggets franchise history and blah, 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 a bunch of different titles. But working at a regional sports network for, was my job. I wanted to be a team reporter and work for a team. That was my dream for a really long time. And so I'm doing the best that I possibly can to just be present in that moment and enjoy it because this was what I was climbing for for so long. With that being said, I would love an opportunity to do some national work, whether that be for an NBA TV, a TNT, an ESPN, uh, any of that would be, uh, uh, that's the next step for me, I think. And, and I don't know what role potentially that would be with, but I would love to one day be a full-time analyst if that opportunity allowed itself. If that's at a regional sports network, great. If not, you know, that's okay too. Just maybe work in, um, Doris Burke is obviously the goat for, mm. for women in this world. And I love her role. I love what she's able to do. I also love hosting, too. I love hosting shows. So whether that be like a Rachel Nichols jump show. Um, I know they had inside stuff on NBA TV for a while. Something along those lines would also be amazing. So I don't have one firm answer for you. But I think that that's kind of part of the process for me is figuring that out and what I enjoy and what I love doing and um, allowing that just to sort of develop organically and just be grateful and present in what I'm doing right now, because I really do love it. And I love the nuggets. I love working for this team and being a part of their growth and their journey. So what, whatever comes up next, I guess, is going to be something that just happens naturally. Yeah. I'm not seeking it out. I'm not, you know, checking things off of my list of like, this is where I need to go to get to here, to here, to here. I already did that. So now that I'm here, it's just about enjoying the moments and, and being here and becoming the best version of myself that I can be here. And oh. whatever happens next, we'll see. Her name is Katie Winchy, and you can follow her on Twitter at Katie Winchy. Always a pleasure to talk to her, man. She's been a great guest for us over on SiriusXM. And as you can see, great to talk to, multifaceted, phenomenal. 
plenty of ways you can get in contact with this show. You can follow me at Denny underscore Gallagher on Twitter, at Denny Gallagher on Instagram. No underscore on Instagram. I got in there first. That's right. To all you that sit on Twitter and Instagram usernames, shame on you. That's a dirty business. Anyway, you can follow us at Later Podcast on Instagram. Trying to be more active on there. And as always, you can email the show at LaterPodcast at gmail.com. Once again, big thanks to Katie Wingy for stopping by today. Big thanks to all of you that have hit us up with reviews, emails. Awesome. Just tremendous feedback. And thank you so much as we continue to grow this thing. I hope that you guys are entertained. It's been been fun to bring this to you the past couple weeks. And we're going to continue doing the same thing. Thank you to Tom, Dick, and Harry for our theme song. Awesome. Even though it's technically called Stingray Afternoon by Tom, Dick, and Harry supporting Steve Russian's last book. But if you want to pick up his new book that just came out this past week, Knights in White Castle, Steve Russian, you know, I, I got, got to do the plug. They've been good to me. I want to be good to them. So without any further ado, let's cue up the music. And until next time, later. Later.